It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. What we're going to get into today, we are going to talk some NFL draft. The Falcons went from like 20 to 11 when they dropped out of a playoff spot, so things get a little bit more interesting in the draft. We're going to talk Carolina Panthers, NFL playoffs, etc., etc., and how those come together. Uh, Nick, how are you doing this morning, my friend? I am doing pretty well. Uh, cannot complain. Hopefully, our... Uh internet connections or StreamYard servers, whatever, are better than we had. Was it yesterday morning? I can't remember. Uh, but uh, doing well. It's freezing in here. Uh, the, the pregnant wife has been saying that she's been hot and uncomfortable when sleeping, so we pretty much just turned off the heat uh, last night, but not very fun for me in the basement waking up when it's still just kicking back on. Yeah, it, uh, it, you know, the, the happy wife, happy life thing, she gets what she wants most of the time anyway, but when they're pregnant, it's what else can I do? There's no yes. debate. There's no question. There's no nothing. You get what you want because, by God, I don't want to carry that baby. So. It's a little bit, uh, yeah, you got the Broncos in the background, says Ryan Adonis here, um, which uh, for the Falcons show. Um, oh, but, thank uh, you. I didn't yep. change that. Uh, let me change that out here. Thank you. That was last night. We went twice last night, Ryan. Yeah, uh, we would. We did. Uh, we did two shows yesterday. Let me switch that. I want to go over to, to the bends here. Um, yeah, but uh, it's like, kind of like has in the background. What are you talking about? Oh, there we go. Now, yeah, yeah we did. Uh, we did a Broncos show last night. On uh, we did Broncos for breakfast yesterday morning. After the Falcons, and no Tuesday's just Broncos for breakfast, and then did, we did another show. I filled in last night, so apologies. Thanks for the heads up, Ryan. Yeah, but the uh, the pregnant uh, wife is a little bit like improv. It's uh, they ask you to do something. It's yes and mm -hmm. right. That's all. Those that's always the rule there uh, in this house. So just trying to be helpful. But man, it is cold in here. So if you don't see me typing away or anything, it's because I'm sitting on my hands. <laughs> well, speaking of cold, it's been a little chilly here in Atlanta, figuratively and literally. Um, but you know, looking back, what 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 was the the uh, 
the record at the end of the year? What, what did we say the record was going to be? I think we had them at about 10, 11 wins. I think I, think I had them at 11. Maybe 11 and 6. But 10 yeah. and 7 sounds about right. This should be a gimme this week. This should be a gimme this week. The Carolina Panthers have packed it in. I asked you if you saw what, uh, you know, the, the Thomas Brown thing. Thomas Brown, Georgia high school legendary football player, played at Tucker not too far from here, not too far from uh, <clears throat> Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and uh, took over play calling. At one point, Frank Reich handed him the play calling during the regular season and then took it back, and then Frank Reich gets fired. And during the week, I think it was last week, someone said, you know, fire Thomas Brown. And his wife came in and answered under it. It's like, bro, we're already fired. We're just running out the ground ball. If you want the job, come and take it. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I love truth. I love it. It's We don't get enough truth mm -hmm. out there in sports. Coaches lie so much, we don't call it lying. We call it coach speak. I love a little truth bomb out there. Good for her. Good for her. And uh, yeah, I'm sure back to Thomas Brown. Thomas, awesome kid. He's I, I covered him in like 2004, so he's probably 35 years old now. But um, still the kid to me at, at Tucker, and he's done really well for himself. And uh, you know, I uh, and it sounds like he's got himself a a strong woman too. So <laughs> we always support that. Uh, big fans of that. But yeah, no, that is a. Pretty funny. I mean, I'm sure the he probably didn't love it. Maybe. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like, oh god, but it's like, babe, I know you're not allowed to say the truth in sports. You've got to lie. Know. Oh, you know, we're we're happy to be here and giving our best and blah blah blah. Yeah. No, we're already freaking fired. We know it. They know it. The players know it. You know it. Yeah. Oh, my god, I can't say it. Yeah, you got to toe that company line sometimes because it's not about you're not just, you know, finishing this job. You're auditioning for the next one uh, as well at the same time. So uh, but I that's I mean, it's the truth at the same time. And yeah, this is very much a dead man walking Panthers team and their offensive line is just horrible right now. They've invested so much in it. And they just they cannot pick up pretty well on the outsides. You showed yeah. me the interior, uh, some clips from the interior line. Their two highest graded players from PFF last week were tackles. Icky and uh, I can't think it of was, uh, it was Morton. it was it was Cade Mays, so they may have some guys still in and Taylor Moten. Moten, yep, love Moten from Western Michigan. That was a that was a good Western Michigan team. They had uh, Chuck Wuma Akor for on the other side they of that. They used line. to move some guys around because they've got they, they've got um, the positions wrong here. So it does have Icky at left tackle, but it also has Cade Mays as left tackle. Icky came in at a sixty-two, but Cade Mays says it had eighty snaps. And then an 89.9. So they, they may have been where they just had a, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And mm -hmm. some really bad play on the interior on the right side is some of what you showed me. Right some, guard. Yeah, Brian. One of our strongest there. links. Want to say hello to John Harrell. One of the reasons we do this show live is we love the interaction. And, you know, I like it when Ryan comes in and says, hey, dummy, change your background. Thank you, Ryan. Um, but John here is in here nice and early saying good morning, Scott and Nick and the Falcons family. Good morning to you. Michael Rankio up early. From Tucson, Arizona, saying uh, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. And uh, he, he throws a shout out to Andre. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Brogger? Broffer? Brar, I think. Brar uh, from the from the hit show Brooklyn 999. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, good thoughts. Putting out the putting out the, the, the energy out there, Michael. Thank you. Um, Zach Power says morning, morning. Here's your coffee. You know, I'll drink to that. I need it. It's warming me up. Exactly. I'll drink to that. And um, he has a question, and then I want to get to uh, to Greg, who just um, 
came in with a super chat. So Greg, you're on deck. Uh, you'll you jump right to the head of the queue, but I saw this from Zach before we went live. And he says, thought experiment, Atlanta Falcons trade a first round pick to the Patriots for Bill Belichick this offseason. I'm not on that one, Zach. Um, I, I think I think he's too old for that. It's it's if you could tell me I'd get 10 years, I'd say yes. If you tell me I got six or seven positive years, I'd say yes. Um, I can dig up the uh, me saying if you don't want to trade a first round pick for Sean Payton Broncos fans, you're out of your freaking minds. So I'm not against trading a, a a pick for a coach, for the right coach. You know, if Mike Tomlin comes available and they say they want a third rounder, I'm say, all right, I'll, I'll ship you a third to have Mike Tomlin come down here. Um, be more I'd than be, that. I'd be into that. Not probably not a even a first at this point. I, I think there is a little bit of a burnout factor, Nick, um, where Mike Tomlin could probably use some time off too and then come back into it. But I think Bill Belichick, I'm not going to say he's past it. I just, um, is he going to want to come in and just be coach when he's been, you know, all powerful forever? And I don't want him being general manager. And he's got to be pushing 70. Yeah, he's he's up there. I'm not sure exactly what his age is. I mean, Sean Payton's no spring chicken either, but he no, had but a he's, year away. He's like 60. He's probably 8 to 10 years younger than Bill Belichick. At least he looks it. Well, I mean, he may not look it anymore, but Bill Belichick looks 70. Yeah. He's 71. You hit the nail on the head with your final point there. It's not just the age stuff. I think it's that he is also going to want probably general manager personnel power as well. And I'm not sure if you're going to see that with the Falcons trading for him. It sounds like we'll see what happens with the uh, the Spanos family out there in Los Angeles with the Chargers. That's a position that there has been some uh, discussion with Bill Belichick around there, uh, at least with uh, Buzz on the Internet. And... Also, the Commanders, that's another team where it sounds like they'd be willing to do it, accommodate him however he wants uh, to bring him in, to bring in that splashy flyer. If they're still the Commanders uh, at that point, who knows? Uh, but <laughs> Atlanta, I, they might change their name again. Who knows? I like New Washington ownership. football team. Yeah. I, 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 I would have liked better probably football club, but, you know, that then sounds like a soccer team. Yeah, that's either one works, but uh, I, we'll see what happens with the Commanders. Uh, but those are the two teams I have an eye out for. I honestly think, I know it's, it's always risky. It's always a roll of the dice, but I would go with the, I'd rather be a year early on it. Uh, offensive minded head coach as well. And take a shot there. You have a chance like two cycles ago, the Broncos look for a young offensive minded coach. You have Mike McDaniel go one way. You have uh gosh, somebody else. I can't think, Kevin think of right now. Yep. Mike, um, you Kevin have other O'Connell on the Vikings was one. Yes. Kevin O'Connell mm-hmm. go another way. And then you have Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> so you can sometimes hit wrong, but uh, I think you probably want an offensive-minded head coach personally, especially with the offensive infrastructure you have in place uh, right now. It's just you want somebody to take advantage of all the investments you have. Greg coming in with Greg Custom Kicks. Feels like a first-time Super Chat. So thank you for breaking yeah. the ice and supporting the show. Just a reminder, as Greg has done, the most direct way to support this show is with Super Chats on YouTube and stars on Facebook. You can do both. And we thank you every time you do. Absolutely. So thank you, Greg. He says, hey, guys, why the hell is Arthur Smith putting all his faith in an unproven turnover machine like Ritter? Good guy, but bad QB. It's the only piece Atlanta is missing to be a successful franchise. Um, franchise is big and overwhelming. I think the overall franchise is, is in decent hands. We have this discussion about Arthur Smith and head coach. But however, going into this season... I think we all, it was pretty universal, okay? 
we want to see more. We've seen enough in that four-game sample size last year that we want to see more from Desmond Ritter. Uh, we're okay with him going into this season as a starter. They went out and got Taylor Heineke. A pretty, you know, that's a pretty good backup quarterback. He's had some success in this league as a starter. Coming into the season, I think it went okay. It hasn't really gone okay. And and Ritter wasn't. That was one of the things he did well last year was hold on to the ball. I think, you know, he had a streak for the starting a season that it, he, I think he may have broken the record. It came close to it for the most passes without an interception. So he wasn't a turnover machine. And that's all of a sudden now he's turned into one. Why more film, uh, more important games than what he faced at the end of last year, you know, the four he faced last year were a little similar to playing the Panthers this week. This team's done. It's they're they're donezo. Um, but you can't give Arthur Smith a pass for not having the quarterback because his hands are all over this team, and he helped pick, if not picked, Desmond Ritter, and it could be his undoing. Mm-hmm. I I am with you, Greg. I mean, that's one reason that despite you know the all the offseason quarterback ranking stuff and the Falcon stuff. And we were like, oh, we don't know what this team will be. There was reason that a lot of people had him ranked low just because he didn't know about Desmond Ritter still. And it's proving to be mostly correct. I think people didn't foresee the defense being this good with the Falcons, which is kind of inflating them a bit. But the offense has been very underwhelming. I think it's not all Ritter, though. I mean, the run game specifically for the Falcons, that's supposed to be your bread and butter uh, with how much you've invested in it. You take a top 10 pick on a running back in this economy, in this economy, and you end up with a I think right now, just outside the top 10 rushing efficiency offense, uh, that's not good enough out there. And part of that is the pass game, of course. Uh, still, it's everything. Every single stat in football is a system stat to an extent. Uh, but um, the, the quarterback is definitely the most important. It is a missing piece. It's not the only one. Uh, but Ritter has not been good enough to earn a second shot at this point. We still got four games. We'll see. The weird thing is, Scott, and it's because partially because of the NFC South, you were like going to get a top 10 pick. You're going to be picking in the early twenties. And that is such a difference maker in the quarterback market because I know people like a oh, first round quarterback. You can take one still in the 20, but like Penix, Bo Nix, okay, JJ McCarthy. I don't Will know. If I want to... Will Levis. I mean, you know, I mean take that's, a shot, that's where the Falcons would have had to go last year. Yeah. Cause those other guys are, or Hendon hooker, you know, in the day around three, whatever it is, but it is a, uh, it's a hard spot. The NFL is quarterback crazy. And uh, if you're not taking one in the top 10, the odds of that guy hitting fall off precipitously. doesn't mean you shouldn't take one, but you have to understand that it is a dice roll. Just like Desmond Ritter was a low probability dice roll. doesn't look like it's going to hit. Sometimes it does. You should not be afraid to take the shot, but understand the odds of it hitting. Yeah. And I don't mind. And good morning, Raymond Collins. And thank you, Greg, for the question and for the super chat. Um, And again, Ritter will be here next year unless he's moved as part of a package to obtain another quarterback. That's fine. I'm not saying Ritter can't become that guy, but it was a big gamble on a team that was set up to make a playoff run. Uh, even average quarterback play, and this team is 11 and two. Mm-hmm. They're 11 and two with this schedule. Instead, they're six and seven now. Yeah. Go in, you beat the Panthers seven and seven. Guess what that does for the standings in the NFC South if they win this game? I back in first place, baby. They're yeah. back in first because they would have the a one a half game lead mm. in the division because yeah. they're tied in the division right now with the uh, 
with the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers do not play a division opponent. So I think that moves yeah. them to four and one. Uh, would move them to four and one, and then the uh, four and one, five one. No, it would be four and one because they've got one more game left with the Saints. Four and one, and the Buccaneers would still be sitting at three and one. So they would have the tiebreaker back in first place, baby. Went out, and you're sitting there at ten and seven. This schedule's not overly daunting. The problem is, is the Falcons have not played very well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes back to the Buccaneers team. You can beat that Commanders team. Yep, should should have. Uh, but that's the NFL. That's kind of where you are. And it's just an, a really young team too. They're making young team mistakes left and right as well, specifically on offense. Uh, so I'm, I'm not all the way out on you know, completely all the way out on Desmond Ritter. I'm not completely out on Arthur Smith. I think that odds are both of them are not in their same respective positions entering next season right now, but we still got four games. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. And again, a young team making young team mistakes. Hopefully it uh, improves here down the stretch and, you get a shot. If not, uh, regardless, uh, we're going to be quarterback hunting, but picking in the top 10 versus 20 changes what store you're shopping in, uh, so to speak. Good morning, Jeremy. Raymond and, and, and Silas, appreciate y'all coming in. Jeremy says just coming in. Just drop in, stop a like. That's good Good advice. Hit that yeah. like button when you come on in. Uh, Red Swarm saying good morning, Scott and Nick. Hope you fellas and everyone in the chat uh, this morning. Already having a wonderful Wednesday. It is a wonderful Wednesday. Leon's here. Good to see you, Leon. Checking in on Facebook. Uh, and the cap is here. <laughs> he says, good morning, gents. I'm turning the Falcons down a little bit moving forward. Tired of getting excited to always be in the loser seat when we need a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Lucy in the football is, is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, uh, It's been like that for a long, long time. This year kind of feels that way overall. And again, you got Panthers, 66% chance of winning. That should be about an 80% chance of winning, honestly. Against um, the Panthers. Against the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, Colts at home. You can beat the Colts. The Colts' defense has been hit and miss lately. Uh, what they do, though, which is a little bit scary, they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. It, it, yeah. I, I shocked you last week, didn't I, when I said, you know who's like second in sacks is the Colts. Now yeah, I so think they're tied for third or they're right there, but they got 40 plus sacks. Uh, their offensive uh, acquisition of Sam Ebukam has been a revelation for them. For me, it would be it, what he has done for that defense is similar to Jesse Bates and the Falcons. I think those are two of the best free agent signings in the NFL this year. Um, it just goes under the radar a little bit. Who's, who's talking Colts? You know, we talk Falcons, but who's really talking, talking Colts? Then you're at Bears. That's certainly no gimme. Uh, I think that would be a very interesting game for all the people that say, I don't want Justin Fields. What are you talking about? He's a bust. He's a bust. The Bears have been bad. Justin Fields hasn't played well, but he's not. I think he's better than people are giving him credit for. (laughs) He's been playing better as of late, too. Uh, The big thing with Justin Fields, there's two big things. One is durability. Uh, He plays pretty reckless with his uh, body sometimes, and that can lead to some issues, and that's something that I would be worried about uh, trading for him. Uh, you got to protect yourself, and he just does not really do that out there. And the other thing is the negatives. Uh, he is he was number one in the NFL in EPA lost due to sacks. A lot. I'm very much a believer that everything every stat is a system stat, but uh, sacks are more quarterback driven than they are not. Uh, people like to point at the offensive line. It's again system, but I think it's more. Quarterback pressures are more offensive line, more sacks. I would put a little bit more on the quarterback. And he'd been lost the most EPA because of sacks, uh, strip sacks, uh, interceptions. But over the last 
five, six games, those negative plays, those ones that are backbreakers on drives, have started to drop a bit, normalize. He's not taking the sacks the same, and you're still getting the explosives. Uh, so he's always going to be a volatile quarterback because of that. But in today's NFL, the two big indicators uh, in terms of winning football games are uh, turnover margin, of course, and explosive plays. And if you have a quarterback who's an explosive play machine, uh, that can help you a heck of a lot. So it can be frustrating sometimes, like stats like your success rate won't match, but get get yourself some explosives, score some points. You can live with it. Move to seven and seven this week. One and two or two and one wouldn't surprise me. You're eight and nine or nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't think this team is good enough to string together four wins in a row against anybody. We've seen yeah. them capable of losing to anyone, including mm-hmm. the Cardinals, including the Titans. Um, I know the Titans just had a big win. That's the NFL. But over the course of this season, they're, they're, the teams that have beaten them have a sub-500 record. That's not a good omen for winning four in a row to close things out. Matty Ghost comes in. He says, I got Arthur Fluff calling 50 pass plays. He's convinced Ritter is Patrick Mahomes. We will lose 25 to 10. I don't know how they're getting to, to uh, Charlotte. You might take just a quick charter up there. Um, you know, I drive, but, you know, and it's, it's like three hours from Flowery Branch if they leave from the training facility. I would uh, drive, but the point is, if they lose to the Carolina Panthers, Arthur Smith don't come back. Just just stay. The, the, Charlotte's a great city. Spend the week there. Hand the keys to, to, to your office over to Ryan Nielsen to finish out the season. Just just don't come back. And I'm not saying I say it's a gimme, and I'm talking like it's an it's an understood that this is gonna be a win. Don't get me wrong. I'm with Maddie on this. The Panthers could beat the Falcons. The Falcons have proven that they can lose to anyone. Anyone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's unthinkable that this team would lose to Carolina. And if the unthinkable happens, stick a fork in them. Just, yeah, no, just don't come back. Nothing has you play down to your competition like stupid turnovers. And that's been the name of the offense uh, this season with the Atlanta Falcons. Just head scratching. What were we? What were you thinking? Where was that ball going? How did that happen? Turnovers. Uh, so and the timeliness of them too, and where they're happening on the field too. It's like they can't, they can't ever happen on the opponent's 40, right? They're either happening on their goal line or your goal line. Uh, so <laughs> just terrible, terrible position for these turnovers too. So yeah, it's uh it's rough. I will say that, you know, just to be fair to the, what the data says, uh, he says that he's convinced Patrick Mahomes or Raiders playing like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Falcons since week seven have the 
lowest pass rate over expected in the NFL. Uh, so situationally, they're calling run more than any team in the NFL, not just by volume, but like where they're at on the field and when other teams would pass, you are running it. Now that's what you should be doing, given what you've seen with Ritter and the infrastructure on offense. But this isn't a, you know, pure drop back pass game uh, that you'd see with like a Mahomes time between. What, what did the Carolina Panthers do to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They chewed them to pieces with the ground game running up the middle. Mm-hmm. What do the Falcons do? They start throwing the ball side to side. They start running stretch plays off tackle. Do you think uh, that was because with, of the centers? With out? backup offensive tackles, mind yeah. you. And yeah. the run-to-pass ratio in this one was they threw 40 passes and ran the ball 26 times. That's that not sense. where the Atlanta Falcons want to be. Well, we tried to give what they took us, and they showed us some things, and we adjusted this. You're not good enough to do that. You're not good enough to say, okay, we see this look. We're going to go. You're good enough to run the ball. Run it and then play off of that. Make them. Don't react to what the defense is doing. Dictate. That's why you want a smash mouth team. I'm with Maddie on this one. And if, you know, 40 to 26, what's my math on that? 40 out of 66, that's what? 60%, 63% pass no. run. That's not what this team's built for, especially with three missing offensive linemen. That's the one that keeps getting me, Nick. You got yeah. three offensive linemen out. What is every lineman in the history of this game? I know there's exceptions, Nick. In the history of this game, rather do run block or pass block? Run block for sure. Run Dictate. block. Yep. Everyone. Got three new linemen in, so what am I going to start doing? Calling fancy little, you know, side to side swing plays and drop back passes, eight yard, nine yard drop back passes into my own end zone. Come on, like we said, I'm okay with Arthur Smith, the head coach. I am. I want this offensive coordinator canned, and I'm not putting it all on Desmond Ritter. I'm not. I will not. I will not write Desmond Ritter off for this team. I do not want Arthur Smith calling plays for this team anymore. I've, I've, ha- I've seen enough. I'm done. That's probably a caveat for his return next season is that they, he needs to come in and bring an offensive coordinator. And if he doesn't, then that's something that probably the end uh, for him there, but we'll see. Uh, we got Rusty Moore coming in saying, listen, Drake may Ben Johnson. Thank me later. I mean, that'd be fun. Ben Johnson. I, it sounds like he's going to have his pick of the jobs. So we'll see what is available. Uh, there has been some talk about, again, bringing it back around the Chargers. I mean, a lot of coaches, I guess, would like to work with Justin Herbert out there. And also, L.A. is a good place to live. So that's an interesting one. But AFC West is a little bit more daunting than the NFC South on the surface. Uh, so that's definitely something to look for. The one that I'm not sure about here, even more than Ben Johnson, is Drake May. Uh, we'll see. Um, can you get up into the top three, top four? If you're picking there at top, you think top two for sure? I mean, It's going to take, take top two to get Drake May. There has been a quarterback a desperate team will make an offer to get into the top two, even if it's one of the top two don't want a quarterback. There have been some discussion here as of the last two to three weeks that have started to percolate. That is some teams like Jaden Daniels, even more than Drake may as well. That's so then those go one, two, three that I, and there is also a chance that Marvin Harrison jr. Could work his way in there. So that's why I said four, right? Um, that's why I said <laughs> top four, you get a chance in the top four. If um, one of those guys is available at four, if one of those three quarterbacks is at four, trade three first-round picks. You would do that as the Falcons? Yep. I would. 
for one it of depends. those three guys, for Drake May, for Ben Johnson. And I'm a, even if one of those is 11, right now the Falcons are sitting at 11. I would trade 11, a 2025 and a 2026 to get Jaden Daniels or Drake May or Caleb Williams. I, I would. You're out of your mind. Caleb Williams is a bust. Okay, what are your other options right now? Now, is Justin Fields on the table? You know, we got called all kinds of names from one of our Facebook friends about saying that Kyler Murray is not better than Desmond Ritter. Yeah, yes, he is. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yes, he is. I mean, there's, there's, everybody's biased. We're all biased. But there's, there's bias and then there's, you know, just come on. <laughs> Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Desmond Ritter. That's it's that shouldn't even be a hot take. No, there's a lot of people who are just dead against Justin Fields. Justin Fields playing for this Falcons team right now would be an awful lot of fun. Those guys could probably be had a lot cheaper. And then what are your other options out there? A bridge guy. You know, do you want to bring in Jacoby Brissett? Is that is that who's going to take you? to the playoffs and make you a contender for NFC championships? I don't think so. Probably you know, not. So you're going you're gonna to take your shot on this. This team is good in good shape on the salary cap. I can give up. And they're being managed well, and they're young, except on defense. That's where the salary cap comes in. On offense, they're young. They can afford to give up three first-round picks and be a really good team just like the San Francisco 49ers did if they get their quarterback. If their quarterback is there. Now, the quarterbacks, they didn't get their quarterback with those three first-round picks, but they've got their quarterback now. Mm -hmm. And they can survive the loss of three first-round picks. 49ers are still in a better shape, but the Falcons roster is good. It's good. That's why it's so frustrating to watch this six and seven nonsense. Against this schedule, I might add. Yeah, it is very frustrating. The one thing I will say is that I be I would become much more amenable to the aggression of trading up for a quarterback if you are moving on from Arthur Smith. Now, I know Arthur Smith is an offensive mm -hmm. mind, but I really do not like the misalignment of when you make a franchise-altering move with that and you have a coach on the hot seat. Uh, I feel like you can just yo-yo that young quarterback over that rookie contract, and it's boom, it's year three before we even have any idea what they are. Oh, they had an injury, now it's year four. So I think if you are in the position to move up for that aggressive quarterback, I'd rather have the clean slate with the offensive or with a new head coach and uh, get those guys on the same page coming at the same time. Yeah, if Arthur Smith back, it's going to be a veteran, I, I would believe, you know, or a day two guy, a day three guy. They're not going to go all in on a big investment on a quarterback with the current status. I, I agree with that. Greg coming back in, going for the double. Uh, he says, being a diehard Falcons fan, I got to give this defense its props. The Grady injury hurt, but still being a top 10 defense without Grady is something to build on. My God, Bates three is phenomenal. He is. I, I'd be hard pressed to find a better free agent signing this year than Jesse Bates. There's a really strong chance that he finishes a season all pro. Um, again, uh, the only the other there's some guy you know was it Hargraves out in San Francisco 49ers. He's really good, mm -hmm. um, but none of the free agent quarterbacks or any of those big moves. I mean, you know, Derek Carr, no, um, Aaron Rodgers, obviously not. You know, any of those big moves that made and those some of those are trades. I know that are that are involved in that, but any of the big off season moves. Ebicom has been, uh, Ebicom, yeah, Sam Ebicom has been great 
in Indianapolis. He was brought in for y'all remember uh Ngakwe being available. We need sacks. Let's go to Ngakwe. Ngakwe went to the Bears. He's been god awful. He's been awful. Montez Sweat's been the freaking truth. Yeah. But Ngakwe's been bad. He's he he was traded because he wasn't very good against the run, even though he's getting his sacks. He's got like a 28 run defense. Ebicoms is up to 80, and he's leading the the the, the Colts in sacks. And his de- defense his defense grade is like an 80. He's been really, really good. Picture Bud Dupree with eight sacks. That's who Ebicom has been. Because <laughs> Bud Dupree's been good. He's been an upgrade, but he's he's not getting to the quarterback at a high level. But yes, they've been doing well. And you think about it, I mentioned, and Rudy, I see you over here on on Facebook uh, talking about the 49ers building their D, you know, building that team around the quarterback position too. And in essence, the Falcons have also, that's the thing, the core of this offense, the, the, the 49ers went defense. The Falcons bought a defense, but they've drafted their offense. That that offense is set for years, except the quarterback position right now. Can Desmond Ritter grow into that spot? <clears throat> Yes, he, it's very possible. Does it mean if I give him enough time, it will automatically happen? No, it does not. So you need to invest in the position to make sure you are giving yourself the best chance of success there. But there's still a lot of money that the Falcons have that they can go after some premier defensive players because they'll need to. You know, Clayus Campbell might not be back. Bud Dupree might not be back. But the core is intact. The core is Jesse Bates, AJ Terrell, David Onyemata, Grady Jarrett, Caden Ellis. There's your core right now. And those guys are, are young. Some of them are young. All of them still have gas in the tank. All of them are under contract for more than one year. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to get maybe a couple more you know, defensive linemen in there as well, the edge rusher. But yeah, the, the defense has been really good this season. You've pretty much hit on every single signing on the defense as well this year. It's uh, talk about, I mean, that's, that doesn't just happen. So I think we need to give credit to the uh, uh, Nielsen and uh, Terry. A lot of those guys Nielsen brought with him. He knew what he was getting. Yep. But I mean, the Bates edition on Yamada Ellis, those guys have been phenomenal uh, signings for you. So you're finishing this year, borderline top 10 defense, uh, despite issues getting after the quarterback and maybe another addition to the secondary would be good too. But uh, they're not the, they're not the issue on this team uh, without a doubt. I think the lack of, speed on offense in the passing game has been an issue. And then of course the, uh, the quarterback play at the end of the day. Uh, but I mean, the only, only advanced stat here for the defense, Scott, that I'm looking at since week seven, that the Falcons are not great at, you know, top 15, top 10 is the explosive pass plays. They've been getting up explosive pass plays as a good rate. The issues with the cornerback position in and out. Uh, you have Richie Grant has an issue there as well. Richie Grant has been poor. Mm-hmm. And then it's the pass rush, I think, is probably the biggest one uh, at the end, getting pressure with four mm-hmm. consistently. But that's something that's that... the explosive you... pass plays come from. A lot of them have been on extended plays. Yes. And miscommunication on the back end with Richie Grant issues, the cornerback in and out issues, and then the pass rush. So, I mean, this this is something that you can fix uh, in theory this offseason. You're not going to get yourself probably a true number one edge. I don't even know if that guy is in this class, although where you're going to be picking, maybe that's a conversation we'll have. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it is something... Uh, We'll be something to monitor. We got Michael coming in saying, should Pitts switch to wide receiver? He kind of already is partially wide receiver is the thing. Uh, I would imagine he's about 50-50 in terms of his inline versus uh, slot slash wide, maybe even more. Coming into the season, it's been 80-20. Wow. So he pretty much is 80% lined up at wide receiver. Pitts is a wide receiver. That might be part of the problem. 
he needs to be more of a tight end where you can get him matched up against linebackers and safeties instead of out wide where he's being covered by cornerbacks because Pitts is a wide receiver. The, yeah. That's what the numbers say. It was 80-20. It was like 77-23 to 23 coming into this season of how he was being lined up, either slot or out wide. That's a wide receiver. Yeah, in line this season, 136 snaps, slots 264, wide 162. So almost three to one uh, in terms of the four, almost four to one, the rate of uh, slot slash wide to in line. So it's Pitts a different kind of is a wide receiver. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much is. So uh, that's why you get so much Johnny Smith, right? And uh, Parker Hesse out there is uh, you have that. Michael, I don't know Pruitt, if he, but that that's why. And, yeah. and I've, we've questioned, you know, is that where you're going to get the best out of him? Well, he can't block. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen him get better at blocking. And there's, there's still these hints around of him coming back. There's in, in, in Michael Bear's email, the, uh, he, he's the beat, the lead beat writer for AtlantaFalcons.com for the team in his mailbag. The question is, you know, Kyle Pitts working his way back. So there's still this hovering indication that he's not 100%. Now the, the question comes out, well, if he's not 100%, he shouldn't be out there. Well, just because you can structurally be 100% and not be back to 100% effectiveness, the only way to get back to 100% effectiveness is to play. Um, and he might be playing through some growing pains, getting back to coming back from a knee injury. If he didn't miss any time, does that mean as he still have his burst? I don't see it. I, I don't see him coming off the line, coming out of breaks in the freakish category. And certainly not when he's going against cornerbacks, who for my money along with maybe small forwards in the NBA or shooting guards in the NBA are the most athletic people on the planet in sports or NFL cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. I don't want him going against those guys because Desmond Ritter is not good enough right now accurately to throw the ball out wide into a small window where he can use his size advantage. Um, you know, Drake Lunny, it's about maybe 50-50 on those to Drake out wide. And Drake's been playing out there his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, he is, he is a wide receiver and that might be part of the problem. Maddie ghost coming. Y'all are killing it today. We certainly yeah. appreciate the supers coming in. Uh, Maddie Edward coming in also, uh, he says, uh, fire Arthur fluff and rich McKay. There is the, un, the, the elephant in the room. We talk about if you're consistently having the same problem over and over and over and over again, are you just cursed? Maybe, maybe. But what hasn't changed? Ownership and Rich McKay and team president. Arthur Blank is loyal to a fault. And is Rich McKay part of the problem with the hiring process? And the willingness to stick too long and then have to dig out of a hole. Thomas Dimitrov was in this position for about five years too long. Um, Dan Quinn was a year too long. Uh, you know, will they make the same mistake with Arthur Smith if you think it's a mistake to keep him next year? Three years of losing records, if he goes eight and nine, is that on Arthur Blank slash Rich McKay? I don't know enough about the inner workings of yeah. the Falcons and uh, but enough you know, scars. Hey, <laughs> something needs to be done or not. And if it's not, then you're sticking around too long. But are. He says Arthur would want an injury-prone Cousins or an accurate Taney Hill if he's 
if he's here next year and yeah, he's, <coughs> excuse me, he's going to have to win next season mm-hmm. to keep his job. If he's back, he's absolutely going to have to win. Uh, Rudy, I saw you over on, um, on, on Facebook and I agree. He says, Maddie, uh, Maddie Ice got the ball to Pitts and Smith system. And he, he did because he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. That's mm-hmm. where you can use the size advantage is put it in a place. If you underthrow or overthrow a guy, you, you negate the size advantage. Uh, Matt Ryan was incredibly accurate for all the things that you might not like about him. The man could knock a dime off a teacup. He also understood leverage and uh, spacing and throwing into zone where I feel like Ritter's Ritter. There are a few instances of anticipation, but he's more of a C open receiver throw to open receiver, uh, which with Kyle Pitts and sometimes his issues in creating quick separation, uh, given where his uh, center of gravity is as a player. Um, he's not always going to be, you know, the ability to start and stop on a dime and create that kind of separation. So there has to be trust and understanding of where the windows are in the leverage uh, based on the layers of the defense. And you don't always see that uh, from Ritter in the past game. But the other comment was, um, you know, f- from Rudy on Facebook was, and this goes to Matty ghost point is why I'm looping this back in with cousins or Tannehill next year. He's he'd want one of those guys. And Rudy said, if you if you get a rookie quarterback, you're not winning next year. You're not winning this year. You're not. Six and seven with this schedule, this is not a winning football team. Even if they finish nine and eight, I question, well, they have a winning record. This is not a winning, this is not a team I can take to the playoffs and feel good about. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is a mediocre, at best, football team with the passing game that they have right now. I want, I don't, I'll say it again. Desmond Ritter's not going anywhere unless he's traded to acquire a quarterback. I don't mind Desmond Ritter being on this roster. I want more in competition. And if Desmond Ritter beats him out, fine. Fine. The quarterback play would then be elevated based on the people you have in the room. And Desmond Ritter might be the one to elevate his play to play at a level that can make you a winning team, not mm-hmm. just a team that can eke out wins against this crap schedule and really have not be taken seriously in the NFL. That's who the Falcons are right now. Fine. But they've got to bring in competition for Ritter next year. They have to. They have to. Yeah. Ritter ends up winning the job. Go Des. Yeah, I will say, I don't know if I've become a... Uh sympathizer or apologist as of late, but, uh, and he's got to be healthy, but injury prone cousins. I can't remember cousins having too many missed games because of injury. And, uh, he was playing unbelievable football. You want to talk about maximizing the weapons that you have teams 11 and two with, uh, with Kirk cousins. 
uh, they'd be Super Bowl talk. We'd be in Super Bowl talk right now uh, with with them, I believe, with Cousins at quarterback. But Cousins was playing unbelievable football. I mean, it was top five in EPA per play, uh, playing well within the structure of the offense. And that was with missing uh, Jefferson a good bit, too. So, I mean, I... I don't know if Cousins, it comes down to the health and the contract at the end of the day, but uh, if Cousins was available, I would at least be uh, interested. He's definitely yeah. one that... Uh, Cousins has missed one game since 2014. Until this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah until this year. This is his first. Yeah. But the problem is, it, it doesn't necessarily, and to, to back Maddie on this, doesn't necessarily make him injury prone, but he's 35 years old and this is a serious injury. Yes. That the, you'd have to pass it. There so is concern. I'm on there. board. I'm on board with that. I'm I'm yep. on board with a 35 year old coming back from an Achilles injury is a big concern. Concern. Yep. I'm I'm absolutely on board with that. Yeah. Edward Brown says, except for the fourth corner penalty, I'm liking the play of Clark Phillips. Clark Phillips is a baller. Um, and he's he's a guy that he looks so good in the preseason. Uh, mm -hmm. at training camp in the preseason looked so good. And then when the lights came on, it was a little too much for him. He's a baller. Um, mm -hmm. He's, I, I, you say the same things about D Alford. I feel the same way. And I think Clark Phillips has a little bit more to him. I think he's just a little bit more physical than D Alford. Mm -hmm. But this is a guy I've compared him to someone like Tyra Matthew, the honey badger who doesn't blow anybody away with his physical traits all he does is make plays. He makes your team better being out there. Edward, this is a great call because we haven't talked about this at all, all week. So thank you, my friend. Clark Phillips had a very good game last week. And he's, I like having him as part of this team and part of this defense. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what his long-term role will be uh, just because of the body type and the lack of speed as a 4-5 corner. Uh, maybe he ends up a little bit more in slot, uh, long-term. I don't know what the ideal fit. He's been playing more wide, uh, this season than that slot spot, uh, 119 snaps out wide compared to just 24 in this slot. So worth, uh, worth following. We will see with him, but he definitely looks like somebody who should be in your top four in a quarterback cornerback room. And if you have to deal with him on the outside for a year, again, the reason he fell to the fourth round, despite all the ball production stuff was because of the athletic testing and the size. It's 5'9". Uh, mm -hmm. It's the 4'5". It's a little bit more of an issue for me uh, than even the 5'9". But it, it's the, a scale. Yeah. If he's 6'1", he can be 4'5". If he's 5'9", he needs to be 4'3". Yep. So yep. It's, it, it's, the, it's the traits. Yep. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, big and fast typically plays. Small and slow, not as much. That's why you're a fourth-round pick, even though your tape was fantastic. And ball production out both wazoos. Uh, but yeah, he's been playing defensive great. player of the year as a 5'9", 185 pound defensive back is impressive. Yes. A little easier to do that at safety than on wide corners, just because you're in such a, especially with the cover four, cover six you're seeing, you're essentially it's playing impressive. cover zero. You're on an island. It's tough. Uh, it's impressive so, for, yeah. for that for that guy to do that. And that's why I've compared him to the Honey Badger. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what his long, again, coming back to it, I'll be curious to see what his long-term role is. Uh, you're happy to have him out there. I don't know if I would be okay with him living long-term at wide corner, but mm -hmm. as far as one of your top five, six defensive backs uh, in any given season, on a fourth-round pick on a rookie contract, I mean, that's that's a good piece to have. Uh, the Falcons have gone big a lot lately. Um, DeMarco Hellams has seen some more time. Trey Flowers has seen some more time. That's taken some of Richie Grant away. 
But if I'm going five slash six defensive backs, I can cross train Clark Phillips as one of those hybrid corner safeties in my nickel and dime package while I've got D. Alford in the slot. And if something happens to D. Alford or whatnot, I've got some depth there because I, I agree with you. I think he's he's going to be playing more inside. That's his long term role for Clark Phillips. And I'm OK with that. I want him near the ball. I, I want him to be able to sniff something out, come off coverage and and go you know go cover um just instinctual play and greg says one of our franchise achilles heel moves in the past was hiring a head coach before the general manager most teams hire the gm and let the gm bring in their guy for success i disagree with this one um that happened this year and i have a feeling terry fontenot was already hired unofficially before and this was a package deal that Arthur Smith knew who the general manager was going to be when he took the job and, and vice versa. It was kind of a package deal. Um, that's not the point. The point is, is Thomas Dimitrov was in place when he hired Mike Smith. He hired Dan Quinn. And then, then he was out after that. Um, so Dimitrov, the Achilles heel right now for the Atlanta Falcons, has, right now it's the quarterback play and I'm not saying the quarterback, the quarterback play and passing game and the play calling. That's what's hurting this team. Previously, it's been a general manager who did not know how to construct a roster or balance a, um, or balance the books and use the salary cap to his advantage uh, and, and really hamper your team. Those are kind of big deals for a general manager uh, was roster balance and, and money and Thomas Dimitrov, was criminally negligent in both of those situations for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you see it all the time. Uh, teams aren't totally aligned with the general manager to head coach uh, positioning, and sometimes that can create issues. Uh, like if the Falcons did move on from Arthur Smith, I would assume Terry Fontenot would still be uh, safe, and you like that Terry alignment Fontenot's a safe. little bit more. Uh, so that's something you can I, – I don't necessarily disagree with, but it does work the other way sometimes. It's – I think it just depends more on hitting the right guy <laughs> rather than the order of order of it actually happening. Chris Walker says we need Richie Grant benched and cut next year. He will find a lot of competition for a roster spot in his fourth year. Um, it will be his last year of his contract as a second rounder. He does not get the fifth year option. That's the big question right now. You know, I don't think it's a huge question, but it is a question. Do you pick up Kyle Pitts fifth year option? You have to make that decision in March. I think the answer to that one is yes. You're going to pay the risk of having to pay him and still be non-productive. It's a medium risk, high reward still. I'm okay with that. And then maybe you can, if you, if you've got him under control for two more years, then maybe you can, you need to make, if you need to make a move, you can. Um, but the reward for Kyle Pitts is still worth a 14, $15 million contract on his fifth year. I, I still think, you want that Richie Grant was a second rounder, so he will not get his fifth uh, fifth year option. So he his contract ends after next year. He's going to be in a fight for a roster spot. I think it's up in the air about Kyle Pitts uh, right I, now. I do. I think there's a question, yeah. but I yeah. right now I would say yes. Exercise the option. Yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, we've seen. I think more and more teams have been a little bit more hesitant to do it because it used to be where it was only guaranteed for injury and you could revoke it. And now that's not the case. Uh, so that teams have been a little bit more hesitant to place that fifth year option on guys that they haven't lived up to the billing so far. So 
I think right now I'd say probably closer to 55, no, 45, yes uh, for me, which is, gosh, so milk toast. I know we're playing it right down the middle there, Scott. Uh, but I think it's more, it's more likely they don't place the option on him or exercise the option. Uh, but we'll see. I hope he figures it out because he is a talented player. It just doesn't seem like they've, the, the system slash quarterback style has not really matched uh, what he's good at. So we'll see. We got Jeremy coming in here saying, morning, fellas, love the show. Well, we love Jeremy. Thanks for the shout out, Jeremy. Thanks for coming in and saying hello. We always appreciate that. Uh, if you aren't in a position to super chat to support the show that way, just coming in, dropping a like and saying hello is always super helpful. We appreciate that too. And speaking of supers, we got Mark Wilson coming in $5 saying, is coach Arthur Smith uh, coaching for his job in these last four games? Absolutely. Uh, the team has invested left and right in the offense. He has his fingerprints all over the quarterback decision. The The running game has fell off. I mean, I was just looking at it again. Since week seven, your running efficiency in EPA is 23rd in the NFL for the offensive investment that you have in here with the running back after another and the well, offensive let's line. Let's not forget, we, we forget this one when we start talking about the draft picks. The fourth highest paid offensive line in the NFL. Let's not forget that. Yeah. At for, how many first round picks do you have on there too? I mean, Bergeron was in top 15. First, second, fourth, first, first. That's a pretty highly invested offensive line. That's the and, offensive line. Um, and then you have a top 10 pick running three back. Three of those five are on second plus contracts. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the offense cannot look like this when you have an offensive minded head coach and you're offensive minded head coaches fingerprints are all over the personnel decisions as well. So yes, absolutely. He's coaching for his job right here. We'll see what ha happens. We know how blank is pretty loyal. Um, I can't speak to what the, the vibes and the love of love are in the locker room. Uh, I think that could be something that could be the tipping point here. Like if the players, you know, go to bat for him and really like Arthur Smith, uh, then maybe give another shot, even though the offense hasn't lived up to it. If they're kind of over it too, uh, kind of feels like what the media is a little bit with Smith, then uh, he could be out. That's one of the reasons you don't want to be just a jerk to the media, right? Uh, if you're, they'll be the first one to turn on you if you are, if they smell blood in the water. So, uh, but I think he is coaching for his job. These last four. I think so too. Um, well, Scott, why, why would you give Dan Quinn and Mike Smith the pass when their defenses were poor and they were defensive coaches? Cause Thomas Dimitrov did not put near the investment into the defensive side of the ball that they have. Again, you've got, um, you're talking multiple second contracts on the offensive line. And then your first round pick, first round pick, top 10 pick, top 10, pick, top 10 pick, um, you know, as far as the investment on the offense, wouldn't, wouldn't that Falcons defense have been kind of fun if they had been able to put that kind of investment into the defense as well, while you had some of those players, uh, I digress, uh, Mark Schrader. Good to see you coming from Texas. Uh, Tyreek says, let's get Matt Stafford, bring the bulldog home. I think Stafford took a one too many shots in uh, in Detroit, and I think he's. I like the Rams, but I just I don't I don't see that one. Um, he's, he, him and McVeigh are buddies. Uh, I think his wife loves LA I, I too. Love Stafford, you know how I feel about Stafford. Oh. He's one of the most underrated quarterbacks of this generation because Trick he had to play in bad Detroit teams. The guy, he's one. He's one of the best arms I ever scouted in high school yeah. coming out. Just phenomenal i mean that in the rain 
that Rams Ravens game is probably one of my favorite games of the season uh, for what they were doing. Both quarterbacks just in their bag playing great football. So yeah, Stafford would be great uh, to have him back here. That's another one. Talk about injury prone and kind of durability falling apart. His back is just, I don't know what's going to happen with him when he retires, but he's still playing great football and some of the throws he makes are just unbelievable. So yeah, he, I don't think he's going to be available. I think he will retire a Ram. Uh, but a very, very good player. Uh, we got Rudy coming in saying Smith uh, loves those unicorns, but can't use them correctly. Shake my head. Yeah, I agree with you to an extent, but it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing for me. Like, are they not being used correctly because your quarterback is so limited? Or do we and- overuse the phrase unicorn and generational? Oh my God. Those are becoming triggered. If you've got 50 <laughs> unicorns, what, I feel like the Incredibles. When everybody's special, no one is. Oh, this guy's general. This guy didn't look generational. This guy's generational. This guy's general. Generational means like once every 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Kyle Pitts may have been a generational talent. I mean, he had the wingspan. But hell, here comes um, Anthony Richardson with very similar traits the very next year at quarterback mm-hmm. with almost identical traits. In fact, he was more explosive because he had like a 40 inch vertical leap. Kyle Pitts was only in like 30. Um, too bad those two didn't play together. <laughs> Same program, but just a uh, I, I might have split them both out wide, put them both yeah. in the slot, and then put in just this little quarterback dude that knew how to throw BBs. That's that's how I, how I would have played that one, or put them both on the edge and put there them at defensive end for God's sakes. Um, again, the the production isn't necessarily there. I I, I don't know. I, I just Kyle Pitts is an enigma to me at this point. Um, why isn't he getting more production? Can it get better? Um, we've seen him really good on a fairly bad offense with Matt Ryan, with a good quarterback and accurate. He hadn't had an accurate quarterback since then. Fought some injuries. This is all why I would just, yes, I will pick up his fifth-year option. And if I miss and he's still a five or 600-yard average tight end slash receiver, wide receiver three, I, I lose $15 million. But hell, Arthur Blank's pissed away $100 million on guys on dead caps. What's 15 for the risk of, of Kyle Pitts? I mean, uh, we got Bobby coming in, says, come on, guys, hit that like button. Appreciate you. Good to see you in here. Uh, Ryan says, maybe Arthur Smith isn't an offensive-minded head coach. He certainly plays like a defensive coach who's calling offensive plays, doesn't he? He is awfully conservative here. Um I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't you be calling conservatively too with your quarterback turning the ball over at the rate that we've seen from Ritter? I mean, I, okay, I get it. You want to be dropping him back into the end zone. It's just the, yeah, it, I, it, there's and yeah. why am I throwing forty <laughs> times in the air when I've got a, a banged up, missing their nose guard, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh well, they were overloading the line. I don't care. Oh, they were double covering Jerry Rice. Throw it to him anyway. You know, I'm mean, not saying that any of these guys are Jerry Rice, but you you get my point. I'm exaggerating to make a point is, man, go to your strengths and quit reacting. Dictate on offense, especially when you're a smash mouth team. Now, if you're lining up five wide and I've got a 10-year veteran at quarterback, I'm going to let him scan across and say, that's my guy. I'm going to let him pick out the, the matchups out there. This team is built to run it down your damn throat and hit on play action. <sighs> frustrating. Corey asked, good to see you, Corey. Feels like another first time super chatter. Has it ever been a thing to hire your head coach before the general manager? I'm sure it has. Um, 
speaking of you know the Denver Broncos back here, back here, they they had Vic Fangio on staff when they changed general managers. Uh, I was very surprised because think of it this way: if Arthur Smith's coming off of seven and ten, seven and ten seasons, and then Terry Fontenot gets hired, would you be surprised? If Terry Fontenot didn't bring in his own coach with him, I was surprised that, that George Payton do that didn't do that with Vic Fangio in Denver. And sure enough, you know, one year later, they're firing their head coach. So it happens. It happens a lot. Um, mm. Usually, and usually, Corey, both of them aren't always open at once. That's a clean house move. And frankly, Thomas Dimitrov should have been fired when Mike Smith was fired. Um, that was that's Dimitrov was there a a cycle too long. Uh, Rusty Moore with uh, another super chat says, "If we get Ryan Tannehill, I'm done. Casey, here I come. If they wanted Tannehill, they'd have Tannehill. Tannehill's available for a song. He's he's available. Um, he's been benched. You could probably work out something behind the scenes, cut him and wait. Whatever. Tannehill has been available." And yeah. he's not an Atlanta Falcon. I think we can put that one away. It doesn't mean the Bleacher Report won't bring it up 50 times in the offseason. But I, I think we can put that one away. And if he does come in, it's to be to take Taylor Heineke's spot, mm. not to be the starting quarterback of this team. I do think it's a possibility if you keep Arthur Smith, though, that is a, you know, what do they call it? Death spiral kind of move. Right. Uh, kind of like what you just talked about, Vic Fangio. Oh, we're going to keep for you for one more year, but you better win. Okay, well, we're going to roll with Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, that's kind of what I feel because, you know, Shermer knows him. You know, your offense, somebody, you have somebody who knows him, the familiarity to save my job. So I do think that is a possibility uh, for what they could look like. I agree uh, that I would be out on that move as well. It feels very uh, low upside on that. I will say though, uh, Rusty, the bandwagon is already full in Kansas city. Uh, maybe you pick another team. Uh, if we can have a show about what team you should support if you're not covering the Falcons, but don't make it Kansas city. Uh, that's uh, too many people there. I mean, I got all the Swifties there too. I can't, I can't have it. I can't have any more Kansas city chiefs fans. <laughs> I was uh, let's see uh, Atlanta Falcons. Let me look this up. Cause I was right there. Uh, is this rusty saying that one? Yes, it was rusty. Yeah. It was rusty and Kasim Smith coming in with a super sticker too. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. I was right there. In, let me see, in 1996, in 1996, the Carolina Panthers were a, a fledgling franchise. Um, let me see. The, the Atlanta Falcons finished 1996 at 3-13. and 13. Um, They started, oh, and I can't even count up that many L's. But then finished three and five down the stretch. And so it would be 0 and 8. They started 0 and 8, finished three and five the second half of the season. This is 1995. I think the Panthers probably started in what, 92 ish, right around there. So I'm 25 years old, Rusty. And I said, if they don't fire June Jones, I'm a freaking Panthers fan at 25 years old. I, uh, I've lived through the 80s and one winning season, 1980. I've lived through 11 straight losing seasons. I've been loyal. If you do not get rid of June Jones, I am going to buy season tickets. This is when they were affordable to the Carolina Panthers and drive three hours every freaking Sunday up to Charlotte. They fired June Jones. <laughs> um, 
And then who came in in 96? That was then, uh, who came in after that? Dan Reeves came in after that. That was a pretty damn good hire. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then the team, the, the franchise really started turning around. There's bumps and bruises in there. Some highs and lows, Bobby Petrino. But since then, since the Dan Reeves hire, this has been a much different franchise the last 30 years than it was the first 30. Um, yeah. There we go. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe you can support the Houston Texans. You know, CJ Stroud, that's a team that doesn't have, I mean, D'Amico Ryan seems like a good one. Just, just, just not Kansas City. Uh, I, I, Russ, where are you from? Because to pick KC's, a, a, that would mean that you would have some ties there, I would seem. Um, I, I might go Detroit Lions if I was picking a team right now. But the thing is, is Detroit could fall back into the Detroits that we've always known. I, I think that if I was picking one, I, Dan, I love the underdog, man. I can't help it. That's why my teams are always losers. The only macro team I've ever picked, and I didn't know anything about them when I picked them, is this one, Chelsea Football Club. And I've tanked them too. <laughs> I, I just, I think I'd say the uh, Houston, it's easy to get to, big airport, and uh, D'Amico Ryan's going to support AFC also. And uh, CJ Stroud looks like the bleeping truth. Uh, so that's one that I think would be interesting. He says he's in North Carolina. I, you pick whatever you want, man. It's okay. I'm just, I'm just so over Kansas City. You go Ravens. The Ravens are a, you can't pick, you can't pick for the Washington Commies. Go Baltimore. No. Go go a little yeah. bit north. They're a, they're a, an organization to to admire if you're not from Cleveland. Um, John Harold Jr. coming in with a super chat. He got a start of this this morning. Um, there's a, what happens to uh, to Nate Landman next year when Troy comes back? That is an excellent question, and I have an answer for you. He could slot in next to Troy, and you can use Caden Ellis closer to the line of scrimmage a lot more often. Uh, I think you could put three of them on the field, but you would definitely rotate them in based on how you want to use them. Or, you know, he's just Nate Landman ends up being a straight backup. Or he beats out Troy Anderson, who's still recovering from the, the pectoral should heal. You're, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with his legs. Uh, but Caden Ellis was brought in to help rush the passer. And you really haven't been able to do that with him because he's been forced to play a more traditional inside linebacker. This play from Landman, Landman, would... Uh, help free up Caden Ellis, who had seven sacks in 11 games with the Saints last year. They have not been able to replace his production because they're even worse at rushing the passer than the Atlanta Falcons. It would free up Caden Ellis. That's that's how I see. So having those three as an option would be a very good thing. Yeah, I mean, let the best guy play. Anderson was still kind of trying to figure it out, and maybe it's still going to take a little time because he was – he played quarterback, running back, and linebacker at uh, Montana state. So still kind of a work in project uh, work in progress, but uh, very much an athletic freak and uh, somebody who can do a little bit of everything with getting after the passer and athleticism. So you can figure out ways to utilize them. There's snaps to be had, especially with how many simulated pressures uh, and creepers that you see the Falcons utilize. I think they're top five in that rate. This uh, the last time I saw that data was two weeks ago, but they were very high up there in that. And when you have linebackers who are athletes that can come or go, uh, that's something you can work sets where you have three of them in there or two of them. And it really just depends on what you want to do and what you want to show uh, on that defensive. Sna- uh, and, and what we started seeing last week, John was one defensive lineman in passing situations, Calais Campbell. He was lining up inside and you were lining up with three edges. Caden uh, Ellis and or Troy Anderson could be one of those guys where you're, you're, those are one of your four linemen to rush the passer because watch it. It started early in third and long. Calais Campbell was lining up inside, and then you had uh, AK 
you had Bud Dupree and you had Lorenzo Carter were flanking him, those three guys. And then Caden Ellis would creep up uh, as well. So there will be some versatility in there where there will be a spot. Nate Landman has played his way onto this team for he's 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 an NFL player. Yeah. He's proved it. He will have a job. And then you have competition too. I mean, best guy win, injuries happen. I think right now, if they were healthy, I'd be looking for Lanham in first, second down, where you're in those base, you know, run oriented ones. And then third down, you know, line up Anderson over the B gap, over the A gap. Uh, he's coming from depth as a blitzer, just a little bit more versatility as the pass rush uh, there with Anderson with the athletic profile, because athleticism doesn't necessarily play in coverage at linebacker, but it does play rushing the quarterback. And that's something that third down, you can do that. Real quick, Troy says on Facebook, he says, put Anderson in Grant's role in Let's Ride. Now, on the surface, I got, knew I was going to get that that expression from Nick. Like, what? Grant's a safety. Uh, not so fast, my friend, says Lee Corso. Grant's only been effective on this team walking up to the line of scrimmage and rushing the passer. That's when he's been effective. So when it comes to, as we were just saying, as a pass rusher, if I've got Anderson with his athleticism hovering over a tight end or maybe mirroring a back and he's, which is a linebacker role. Basically when Grant's been effective, he's been a linebacker. Yeah. So using him instead of Grant as a linebacker in passing situations can work. I still think that in order for that safety dime back, we'll call it the dimebacker. I mean, that's what you're talking about here. Uh, they have to have the mirage of being dropping into space and uh, even a deep zone. And I don't think Anderson going backwards is something that I want to even uh, bluff. It, it, it depends on matchups, though, yeah. obviously. I mean, if, if you're if 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 it's Ian Thomas, Carolina Panthers lined up at tight end, if it's, you know, who else is out there? Steven Sullivan, uh, Tommy Tremble. If those guys are lined up in in the slot, I, I'm OK with hovering. Troy Anderson around them. Yeah. I see. I still, I still, I still see more of a edge slash linebacker role versus a defensive back slash linebacker role with Anderson, right. just because that athleticism, I think plays much more yeah. in, if you can isolate him in a one-on-one or get him isolated versus a back for God's sake. Uh, I think that I'd rather have more of a pure defensive back body in yeah, that. I think, I, but, I think we're saying this, we're saying the same thing. I mean, honestly, yeah. we're just going about it different ways. When I went back and said, Clayus Campbell's the only DL out there, and you've got Bud Dupree, you've got uh, Lorenzo Carter, and you've got uh, Arnold Ebichetti as your as your other guys. Yep. Then let's say you have Ellis. Troy Anderson and Caden Caden uh, Ellis, and in that yep. situation, Nate Landman's on the bench, and then I've got five defensive backs. There's my base dime. I've got seven. flexibility to do yep. there, but what what Troy was saying is. I don't want Richie Grant on the field. <laughs> we're, here, we're here there. That's I'm what here. Troy was saying, and I'm I'm starting to I, – I agree with that. Richie Grant, God bless him, has, has been a disappointment for this Atlanta Falcons team. And I don't know if John's correcting me here. John Morgan, I might, I may, might be the one who's saying Landman. Uh, I don't know, but we've, it's Landman. That's why I said it's Landman, and I've been Landman. in the habit of saying Landman. You've said Landman. It is Nate Landman. 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 It's Nate Landman, and we've both said it more than once. Ah, you know, that was pre Deion Sanders, uh, Colorado Buffaloes. So we're, we're always going to get those names wrong. Jer- <laughs> Jeremy coming in with a super 
He says, I see a lot of issues that are simply execution, timing issues and communication, watching a lot of film. It's so many little things. The pre-snap penalties have plagued this team and they mm -hmm. didn't have them in the last two years. That's, I don't know where that's come from. The cadence maybe, because Desmond Ritter has also done a, it just hit me when I said that. Desmond Ritter has also done a pretty good job. I don't remember what game it was. It may have been the first game against the Panthers. He drew those guys off size like four times. Well, if you've got that really hard count and cadence, you're also have a chance of getting your own guys to jump. That's a problem. But Desmond Ritter does not trust his reads. He doesn't trust right now to throw a guy before he has come out of his breaks. You know, we, we see the best quarterbacks all the time. He threw that ball while his back was still the line of scrimmage. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen where he's throwing guys. You might say he doesn't throw guys open, but he does try to do that because he'll put it in into into traffic with a couple of his taller receivers, usually Drake London, sometimes Kyle Pitts. He'll throw it, try and throw guys open, but he doesn't throw timing routes. Those, you're 100% right. The timing routes are not part of this offense. Yep. Yeah, I think Desmond Ritter, we talk a lot about Russell Wilson and his uh, struggles in the quick game. Well, I think Ritter, from what I've seen, is one of the bottom five uh, in quick game efficiency this season. So it's the three-step drop, uh, less than two, two and a half seconds, and it's not been good. Now, granted, I don't know if your weapons in the past game are always the best in the quick game either. That's not kind of the guys you've gotten, uh, but uh, it's definitely a problem. Jeremy Cox coming in. Good to see you, Jeremy. I'm not sure what's going on in that picture there, but it looks very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I was going to make a comment. I see a, a rooster in the picture, too. I will hold my comment on that one. Um, but, uh, that's, a uh, good to see a Jeremy Cox. He looks yeah. like the most interesting man in the world is what he looks like. Yeah, that's, I'm for it. I don't know what's going on, but I love it. Thank you for the stars, Jeremy. And thank you, Mark Schrader for the stars as well. And then Keith Johnson, just about ready to close us out here with a, a super sticker chat of his own. Um, thank y'all. We've gone 70 minutes in large part because of you. This was this, this Falcons podcast was by far the most volume of super chats we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And just like I say about my teams, my kids, whatever, just keep getting better. Hopefully this show keeps getting better for you. And a day like this with the support and the sure volume of, of supers that we've had from everybody that's come in, from Greg a few times, from Matty Ghost coming in a few times, from Rusty, from Edward Brown, Mark Wilson, Corey Ellison, uh, Kasim, John Harrell, Jeremy Schmidt, Schneid, apologies, Jeremy Cox, Mark Schrader, Keith Johnson, and here comes Matty Ghost to close us out. It says, hey, we like what you're doing. Please do more. And hopefully our show keeps improving. Uh, I know I'm a lot better at this than when I started in the NFL, kind of jumping back in cold feet. I, I know all the teams now. <laughs> Always get better. We strive to do that. And your thank yous in this forum means a lot to us. Matty Ghost coming in. He's been huge today. He says, I see Bob Davies of Notre Dame in 98 and Arthur Fluff. They fired him shortly after. What's it take? Let's finish this out. I got two questions for you. Give me a prediction. And what's it take for Arthur Smith to be gone next year? I think you'll go three and one and squeak into the playoffs and then get obliterated by would it be Dallas in that first game right now it'd be uh, Philly oh yeah Philly I mean Philly might be a better matchup uh, given how much better your defense is against the run 
Um, so that would be an interesting one. Uh, but I think uh, you go three and one, you make the playoffs and Arthur Smith is back uh, in that one. I think, you know, two and two, you probably miss. Um, nobody's feeling great about it. I heard, I don't know who it was, but it actually made a good point. It's like, man, do you want to win the AFC South? This is tongue in cheek. I don't actually mean it guys, but do you want to win the AFC South and get that first place schedule uh, in 2024? Cause how middling all these teams are, you're going to be really up against it with the first place schedule uh, next year compared to the second and third place, even though first, second and third is not that far apart in the AFC South this season. I don't know, but uh, the Falcons I think are still in a very good spot uh, overall because uh, you have a lot of good building blocks and pieces. Something we talked about a lot on the show as well, Scott. Uh, it's not super hard to turn around a defense when you have cap space compared mm-hmm. to the offense. And we've seen that this year. Uh, granted, hitting as much as you did on pick after pick on the defensive side, free agency is rather improbable, but uh, still been great for you guys. So again, I think the infrastructure is there. You're going to probably have, if you don't make the playoffs, have a good pick again. You got that Calvin Ridley pick, another top 100 there. You're not dishing out a lot of crazy contracts either. So, and comparison to the NFC South around you, you're in a good spot. This well, is big a good picture, job. You're in a good spot. It is a good job. Yep. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons be in franchise Atlanta. is in yep. a good spot right now, and that's why that's why so many Falcons fans are so frustrated right now. But I think that things are going to get better. Still, you have to hit on the quarterback. That's it's the NFL at the end of the day. You can do everything right, but if you miss on the quarterback. Good luck. Uh, it's not college football where you can just, you know, out recruit guys in the trenches and have caretakers at quarterback and do enough. You got to have the dude. Um, but Saints are going to be up against it. It feels like they're falling apart. You have Drew Brees and fighting everybody on that team. It's really or not Derek. Drew Brees, uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, bizarre. Um, you have the Panthers. I mean, God, that's got to be the least desirable job in football with the metal sum of temper, how bad the pieces look there. There they look no bad. first round pick. Yeah, it's it's not good uh, out there. And then Tampa, I mean, also a very aging roster. I mean, they're going to lose a lot of their pieces quick. So while it's not great right now in the immediacy for Atlanta, frustrating, feels like a missed opportunity. The next three to four years look like a path of least resistance uh, in the AFC South for the Falcons. So can be frustrated now, but I think big picture, you should be optimistic still. My prediction is something like 19 to 10 one of those weird scores uh 19 10 falcons win over under on this is like 33 and a half the falcons are only a three-point favorite in carolina against this carolina team that's a fireable offense (laughs) um but i would go about 19 to 10 uh they win they move to seven and seven Two and one down the stretch or one and two does nine and eight. That, that's a bubble is nine and eight. And you, you, you enter in the playoffs, bring Arthur Smith back. Probably there's eight and nine and you're in the playoffs, which is still a possibility. You beat the saints at the end of the season and finish eight, and nine. You probably going to make the playoffs yep. eight, and nine you eke into the playoffs. Is Arthur Smith back? Probably. Maybe. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah, exactly. I think, I think what what does it take for him to be gone? They, they'd be seven and seven, seven and ten. He's out. Eight and nine. I'm flipping a coin. Nine and eight. He's back. And there could be caveats too. Uh, mm-hmm. You are back as long as you agree to give offensive play calling to somebody else, bring somebody else in, uh, relinquish a little bit of that control. Uh, there's definitely going to be changes, regardless, right? Because this has not been up to standard. But it's a young team, and they are underachieving offense right now. So. 
we'll see. I mean, you got pieces there that you should be excited about. The infrastructure, I think the bones are okay. I don't, again, I still don't know if I'd use a top 10 pick on a running back, but uh, the bones are there uh, as, you know, the little house flipper talking there. But Winston coming in saying, anyone else going to the Carolina game? Me and the missus will be there. Well, I will not be because that would be a ridiculous flight uh, for me out here in Seattle, but uh, I'm sure some folks are. So anybody is hit up Winston. Yeah. Travel safe, Winston. Um, Be safe heading up 85. Um, It's a, it's a, it's an easy drive. It's a pretty, it's actually a fairly pretty drive going up right through uh, that lake by Clemson and everything. So be careful going up there. Um, Mark Wilson says the field stays a bear. Would love to see him in a Falcons uniform. It's a possibility. I still think it's a possibility. John Morgan, uh, both Wilson and Fields are starting to play themselves out of future Falcon QB conversation. Which Wilson? Who am I missing on this? Wouldn't be Russell. Uh, Zach is definitely Zach. not part of that conversation. Um, Zach, uh, Zach played really well against Houston. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson. You can't bring in Zach Wilson by himself. Now, if he's another quarterback to come in with someone else, fine. But you can't bring Zach Wilson to come in to be the, to take over a starter. I think you bring in Zach Wilson. If you have a team that already has an established quarter, like a team like the, the Rams, mm-hmm. you put, you put Zach Wilson behind Matt Stafford and just get him some reclamation project there behind in a McVay offense. That's one. I think that you're probably, that's the type of situation I would want for him. Uh, if I was, you know, in charge and King of the universe, but uh, I can't imagine Zach Wilson versus Desmond Ritter. I don't think that's a recipe for competent football. Yeah, and, and Ryan says, you know, an offensive coordinator f- fixes this team. And I I think, again, it's it's passing game. It's quarterback play. I'm not saying it's the quarterback, but it's the play of the quarterback that is holding this team back. Competent quarterback play, competent passing game. This team's 11-2 and two right now. I'm not saying they're better than the Eagles or better than the 49ers, better than the Cowboys, even better than the Lions but their schedule would make them 11 and two. This is a, this is a, uh, we've gotten into it. We're going to get out of here. And uh, Zach said, or uh, John says he did mean Zach Wilson. No, miss me on Zach Wilson. Um, again, if he's the backup behind an Aaron Rodgers, fine. He got thrown back in as a starter. He's just, I don't know what it's going to take, but he's, he doesn't have it up here. And, and for those of you listening after the fact, I'm tapping on my forehead. He's just, he doesn't have it between the ears right now. That mm-hmm. could come, but that that'd be that that no, just just no. AFC Player of the Week, yeah, that happens. And Josh Dobbs was probably you know NFC Player of the Week against the Falcons. Will Levis was probably a, a AFC Player of the Week against the Falcons. Josh Dobbs just got benched for their fourth quarterback of the season. So um, you know, week to week, I, I've seen Zach Wilson for three years, and I'm 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 not. Not in on that one. I want to go a different direction. On that note, we're going to go a different direction now. We're going to get out of here. Again, thank you to everybody that came in with the support, both in the chat with the likes and the super chats and superstars. Y'all killed it today again. This was our most super chatted episode ever, and we want to thank you for it. Nick and I will be back tomorrow morning on Broncos for Breakfast at Mile High Huddle. We'll talk some draft. We'll talk some playoff scenarios. And then Friday on these channels, we will come back and talk, absolutely talk playoff scenarios, including the Falcons winning, taking back over first place in the NFC South and the rest of the NFL slate. We had a good time last week. Hope to see you there. Nick, we're out of here. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, appreciate it, everyone. Uh, Like, subscribe, share, and we'll see you later. Peace.